This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now. What's up? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Yeah. Feeling it. Had a good weekend with my family. Watched, uh, watched a movie probably that I shouldn't have watched with my family. Zola, lots of nudity. I wonder what those <laughs> conversations were like. We're watching it, and I'm not going to give too much away. But you know, it's uh, uh, they're they're strippers, and then there's a lot of there's a lot of sex scenes, and. Yeah, that was an interesting moment where it got pretty graphic, and we're all sitting there, you know, siblings. Did y'all know what that movie was before watching yeah, it? Yeah, we did. But it was more, you know, you think, okay, it's like Hustlers. Oh, it's going to be like that. It's but it not wasn't. like Hustlers. Well, no, well, that's, you You think in terms of the theme. Okay, they're going to show things. It's not going to be graphic. You just thought, graphic. oh, well, that's a stripper movie. This is, should be the same. Like, I've, wa- I've, you know, we're pretty open as a family. We're Canadian. Uh, but this was kind of next level open. Really? Like, yeah, in terms of uh, saw private parts of people and wasn't necessarily expecting that, but that's okay. Below. Are down y'all below. not adults? Yeah, just watching that. Have you watched a naked movie with your mom before? Yeah. Oh, you have? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, you know, it was just like funny to hear everyone's commentary. What was it? What was the funniest commentary? That's my mom being like, okay, they're doing, oh, are we watching a porn? Are we watching a porn together? No, mom, it's a movie. So yeah, and my and my mom was telling my stepdad like, did you know, did you know we're gonna watch this with the kids? Are we okay with this? You could sense the discomforts. What kids? Were their kids? Even though we're oh, adults. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, yeah. it's always interesting, and there was you know there was a bunch of us in there. So it, but it was a it was a fun movie to watch. That said, so definitely uh, suggest you check it out at Zola. Based on the uh, Twitter thread, the story uh, that went viral a few years back. So yeah, any any inappropriate moments with you that came up, Ryan? No. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, no. Coming up on the show today, my laptop just went up. We got a lot coming up on the show. Yeah, actually, the power of the media to change the way we, we perceive trans athletes. That's at three thirty-five p.m. Pacific, six thirty-five p.m. Eastern. And Little Nas X responds to critics of his recent music video in the T in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden announced how Americans with long COVID can get support. Many Americans who seemingly recover from the virus still face lingering challenges like breathing problems, brain fog, chronic pain or fatigue. These conditions can sometimes, can sometimes rise to the level of a disability. So we're bringing agencies together to make sure Americans with long COVID who have a disability have access to the rights and resources that are due under the disability law, which includes accommodations and services in the workplace, in school, and our healthcare system. And research has found that approximately 23% of nearly 2 million COVID patients have developed at least one persistent or new medical condition more than four weeks after their initial diagnosis in order to get these uh, disability Um, this disability support, an individual assessment is necessary to determine whether you actually have long COVID and can qualify. Now, healthcare employers should mandate vaccinations for all their workers, and that comes from a coalition of leading medical groups as cases of COVID-19 continue to spike across the nation, while 60% of the adult U.S. population 
has been fully vaccinated. According to the CDC, millions have still not received their shots. Earlier this summer, more than 150 employees at a Houston hospital refused to get the COVID vaccine, and they were fired or resigned after a judge dismissed an employee lawsuit over the vaccine requirement. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Lil Nas X has been going through it since he released Industry Baby, his new song. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, um, it is a nudity-filled, prison-themed music video for his latest single, Industry Baby, and he's been getting all of the, the the I don't know, the backlash for it, just because, I don't know, to be honest, it's not even that really big of a deal. It was a great music video, um, but he's basically kind of calling out the homophobia because he's been getting... A lot of people kind of like Little Nas X is inviting for gay rights. He's marketing and sexually irresponsible that's causing young men to die from AIDS. Being gay is one no. thing, but being a super spreader is another. There's nothing healthy or helpful about that video. That's just one tweet that Thanks. he received about his video. Lil Nas X responded to that saying, y'all be silent, silent as hell. When people dedicate their entire music catalog to rapping about sleeping with multiple women. But when I do anything remotely sexual, I'm being sexually irresponsible and causing more men to die from AIDS. Y'all hate gay people and don't hide it. Honestly, points are made. And I just hope that he doesn't have to continue to kind of, I don't know, talk to these haters or respond back. Like, you don't need to do that. Just... If you want to respond to people, respond to the people who are sending you nothing but love and, yeah. and saying how much you mean to them and the importance of your you being uh, the person that is in the place that you're in. Totally, because while there are some haters, there's a lot of people that do support him and that love what he's up to. Yeah, and so I focus love on video. that. Definitely focus on that because he'll continue. How I mean, this this is never ending. Yeah, because people are going to be so uncomfortable, and he's going yeah. to continue to push the limits, and I, I hope he does. That's your T-Report, though. I got more coming up next hour. Okay, next up, the latest on a possible fourth stimulus check. That is next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Despite increased public support for a fourth stimulus check, including a petition calling for 2000 extra per month, Washington lawmakers are keeping uh, talk of another round of payments on the back burner, it seems, this summer. And back with us is Doug Usher, partner at Forbes Tate Partners. Thanks for being here again. Hey, my pleasure. So has pandemic relief lost attention from Congress at this point? I think um, there's a couple things going on. First is that the thing that Congress is most focused on right now is infrastructure and spending on infrastructure. And the other issue that they're facing is concerns that these payments, right or wrong, are keeping people on the sidelines and making it harder for businesses to hire people. And so while people are clearly hurting, at the same time, we're seeing a Congress that doesn't really have the appetite to put out checks to individuals when there's too many folks who are complaining that those checks are stopping businesses from doing what they need to do. What's the point of it? Like, I guess honing in on infrastructure. If like we like, I don't know if the world shuts back down, <laughs> it feels like there's Where are no, we going to be going. Yeah. It feels no. like there's no point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I think that, um, you know, there's not there's appetite in Congress to spend some money. There's no question about that. But I think right now there are a lot of folks and, and, and what started really on the right with concerns about checks is starting to cross over more to the middle as there's too many help wanted signs up. And, you know, a lot of businesses are going bankrupt. And so, um, you know, whether it's good economic policy or not politically, there are just too many people that don't want to just throw checks out at people for fear that they'll be criticized for, you know, and again, I, I'd hate, I hate to say this, but it's what people are saying. It's, it's not something I believe in, but people say you're funding people's laziness as opposed to encouraging people to go out and get the jobs that are out there. Yeah, I feel like we need to have a real conversation as to why people aren't going back to work. And like, and, and from your standpoint, being in D.C., in finance and the economy, what do you think is happening? And like, what do we really need to be looking at when we want to solve this problem? I mean, it, it is funny, you know, and as you know, I come from the Democrat, more progressive side of the aisle here. But, you know, to me, all these free marketeers, it's like, so wait a second, people aren't taking the jobs. You got two choices. One is you can raise wages, right? Or you can also um, encourage people to provide to provide better working conditions, right? So it's a free market. And if you're not paying enough money, people aren't going to come. 
So what are you complaining about? And that's, you know, I'm, I'm surprised about them not sort of seeing the simplicity of all of this. But, you know, the reality is that there are a lot of folks out there that are hurting. At the same time, there's a lot of business owners out there that say they can't raise wages or they'll go bankrupt. So let's talk about what folks can expect. Will there be any money? I know we're talking about um, there's three things. There's the $1,000 thank you checks for educators. There's this petition for $2,000 checks. What's possibly coming up? I mean, I'll say this. I'll say this to be honest. I don't think there's anything coming up. I think there's almost no appetite for that. The problem is that, you know, already there's fears of inflation. And what's sad is that, you know, a lot of these things would actually help get the economy moving and now it's slowing. But the voices of people that say don't spend money on these checks are getting louder and louder. Um, you know, you did see, you know, for the, for the, and on the positive side, you saw the child tax credit start to get given out on a monthly basis. So people are getting some of those benefits in their checks every month as opposed to just once a year. So that's positive. But, but I just, I don't know how you're going to get Washington to give, give money out when people will say there's already money still left from the COVID relief and we're spending billions on infrastructure. You know, we can't, you know, they're going to, they're going to say we can't just send out another round of checks. I think it might happen on the state level, but certainly not the federal level, not for a long time. Okay, yeah, because there's a $600 stimulus check in California, possibly. But then that goes back to, uh, Doug, making sure the companies were spending their stimulus right. <laughs> I mean, you're so right. I mean, these businesses, businesses took the money and, you know, a lot of them paid their CEOs. Yeah. And they didn't use it the way that they probably should have. But, you know, it's a tough sell in D.C., free cash right now, which seems silly because it's a great way to get voters to vote for you. But a lot of folks are skeptical. Okay, well, that was Doug Usher, Usher, a partner at Forbes Tate Partners. Have a great rest of your day. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Coming up, is a mask mandate really going to help increase in COVID numbers? What it will take next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. LA County issued a mask mandate because of a spike in COVID cases and hospitalizations, but will it actually help? Helene Olin is joining us right now, contributor to Post Opinions and author of Pound Foolish, exposing the dark side of the personal finance industry. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me on. So what is your biggest issue with the communication around masks in LA? Because you did write an editorial piece about it. I did. And it it caused a lot of confusion for people. It kind of came out of nowhere uh, about two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago now. And essentially what's been going on out here is COVID cases, like in a lot of parts of the country, have begun to go up again. But what is happening on this go round is that with the Delta variant, but what's happening on this go round is while there are some breakthrough um, cases with people who've been vaccinated, the people who are getting seriously ill in terms of landing in a hospital or even dying, unfortunately, are people who are still not vaccinated. So what has gone on is there's a buildup of anger of people getting angry that they're kind of taking a hit for people who aren't vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And it's caused all sorts of confusion. And truthfully, going around the county, you can see while in some places like in Los Angeles, you know, the mask mandate's being followed pretty carefully. In other parts of the county, um, it's being more ignored. Yeah, but I guess whose fault is this? Like, I, it, it feels like it's the same thing, essentially, as in before we had the vaccine, where it was just wear your mask and people were getting upset because they didn't want to wear the, wear, wear the mask. And now it's we're upset at people who are, you know, unvaccinated. So what do we do here moving forward? Because it seems like it's not going to change anytime soon. No, it doesn't. And and I guess that's sort of the crux of my issue here is I've come to believe that if we're not going to do vaccine mandates, we've got to just make life much more difficult for people who are refusing to get vaccinated. And you're starting to see real movement toward that. I mean, today, after my piece published, um, the state of California has basically said to their employees, you're either getting vaccinated or you're getting tested constantly, which is, I think, the right way to go. But the other thing you're starting to see is this kind of do-it-yourself model out here where bars in particular have really stepped forward and said, "Without, if you can't prove you've been vaccinated or tested within like the past 48 hours, don't come here. And they're checking. Um, mm-hmm. They have bouncers so they can actually do this quite easily. And 
you know, so instead of carding people or, you know, along with carding people for age, they're now carding them for vaccine status, too. And then I think that's an important point. I think part of what has happened is we've allowed the people who are refusing to get vaccinated to be somewhat freeloaders in the system. And that just has to stop. Definitely. But then also then my worry is then those people just going into their own groups and doing their own thing like dinner parties. I know some people that have gotten, um, you know, COVID, the variant, they're vaccinated just from being at a private event or party or dinner. Right. But I think this is where we have to start having a real discussion about are we looking for zero tolerance, zero you know, cases or are we looking at a long-term situation that we need to figure out how to live with. Um, and in that case, how are we going to move forward? If you can get COVID vaccinated, but not get particularly ill, we're going to have to sort of begin to consider that something potentially we need to live with. I'm not mm. defending it as ideal, but at the same time, at a certain point, life needs to resume in some normal fashion. Yeah, that is uh, that is true. So, yeah, what was the response from your editorial piece coming out today? I've gotten, you know, both sides. I've gotten people who've written to thank me and people who are like, well, masks aren't that big of an imposition. Um, And let me just say for the record, while I personally agree, I don't think masks are that big of an imposition. A lot of people think masks are a major imposition. And a lot of those people happen to otherwise agree that you should be vaccinated and you should, you know, be taking care. A lot of people just don't like them. And I think instead of trying to convince people who are, after all, doing the right thing, um, that they suddenly like masks because there are a lot of people who aren't doing the right thing, I think we need to figure out how to get those people who aren't doing the right thing, i.e. the people who won't get vaccinated, how to get them vaccinated. Well, uh, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. That was Helene Olin, a contributor to Post Opinions, the author of Pound Foolish, exposing the dark side of the personal finance industry. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for having me on. Well, coming up, what happened when Tucker Carlson was confronted by someone who uh, was not a fan, to say the least? That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Fox News host Tucker Carlson was called out by men in a Montana fly fishing shop. This guy got in his face and basically uh, told him he was the worst human being known to man in front of uh, Tucker's entire family. Here is a clip from Instagram. You are the worst human being known to man. I want you to to this to the United States, to everything else in this world, I don't care that you guys are here. What you have done to people's families, what you have done to everybody else in this society. Um, so the video was posted to Instagram. The man, Dan Bailey, accused Tucker of killing people with vaccine misinformation and supporting extreme racism. And the big 
debate being had around this was, was it right for this guy to approach him in his regular day-to-day life in front of his family on vacation? Yeah, I mean, I don't see a problem with it. It's not like the guy was, like, hitting him or anything. I I do think... If you're a public figure and you, Tucker Carlson has also encouraged his fan base to to go after people and to question people in the streets about the vaccine and denying the vaccine. So, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's kind of fair game. Like for me, I'm not going to do something like that. Like I'm probably going to ignore his whole entire existence. But yeah, I you also saw him. Don't, would you, yeah, would you wouldn't would you go up to him? No, why would I? Yeah, do that? I would why not would waste, I waste my, my time. time. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, I would not. But I don't I, think what this guy did to him saying as a viewer and who you know seeing Tucker Carlson, he he remained calm. You of gotta course. point that out. Like he I did, he remained calm. He kind that. of, in a way, laughed at his face. It was awkward. It was an awkward moment. Uh, and yes, you're gonna get what you give if you promote people going up to others you're gonna get people doing that to you right not to say that that's annoying of course that's annoying this probably feels inappropriate when you're with your family on your personal time but that's what you get for the what you're putting out in the world yeah i think maybe if i was to ever talk to him i would i would ask like yeah do you believe the stuff that you say are you just saying it for tv but even then i don't want to talk to tucker carlson because you know this isn't a conversation. You're just basically taking that moment to document, one, a moment of you confronting Tucker and giving him your thoughts on everything he's doing. It wasn't even thoughts. I mean, he berated him for good reason. Did he? I don't think that was Oh, yeah. He was, he was like up in his face. It wasn't like he was I watched like, the video. I didn't think he was berating him. I thought the guy talking to Tucker was very I don't calm. think it was really. Uh, no, he was like. You're the worst human being known to me. It wasn't he like is. he was like he wasn't like, oh, you know, oh hey Tucker, why nice did, to see why you here is, at this why, fly why fishing guess, place. Why are you deeming that like braiding and like is it because of he didn't say it in a nicer tone? But meaning Tucker I don't think he felt like a, a nicer tone. I didn't. I'm talking about the way this guy did it. It didn't feel like just like a oh regular like hey I see you on TV. I don't really like what you. Do, I think that's exactly what he did. I, I think he was a bit more confrontative. That and also What's he wrong documented with that? it. What's well, wrong with that? Well, meaning it wasn't like what you said. Like, oh, this guy it was just a regular conversation. He, it was, he and was, it was, he was very calm. This guy also knew what he's doing. So there, there's also it. Like, if you if you want to listen to it, you are the worst human being known to man. I want you to keep going to this thing, to the United States, to everything else in this world. That's not a calm voice. I think you have to look when you watch him. He's like no, I, wa- I watched him. He, yeah, they're close to each other. Face I felt to like face. it wasn't necessarily like like if I was Tucker I and I was with some... my family, like and knowing whether whether but you're Tucker right or you're left. It. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it, but if you have someone that's a stranger going up to you in this climate right now, it can be worrisome. Whether he takes the tone of like with that tone, it didn't feel like of like, hey, I just want to give you my thoughts because I. It was just more like you didn't know Why where this not? was going to go. Why not? I just think you don't know where it's going to go, and it could be. Yeah, I, I do think I. I will give you that. There's valid. There's validity into the idea of you don't know where it's going to go, but I. I don't think we should shy away or deem because there's a there's a, a tone of like a stone a stern tone that it's like this. It, it falls into the line of berating. I think he literally was telling him. You have caused so many issues. You have divided this country. You're the reason why there's so many people deciding not to be unvaccinated. There was, that was point blank period. It's not like he hit the guy. No, totally. So what's wrong then, with being stern and saying, I don't respect what you're doing because what you're doing is actually killing people. Yeah, and also, he. I mean, this guy knew what he did. He obviously wanted to post it on his Instagram. Did he find him? Did he just stumble on him? It's just an interesting thing yeah. to know. Yeah, I ain't doing it. And, but... why, and why not just have that off camera to be like, and then after the why? fact, why, you know, why, why are you willing to give Tucker Carlson grace and spe- like he is literally a white supremacist? And it's you're just like, a matter of like I'm trying to figure out what what that person's intentions that's weird. were. That's weird to me. I think that Tucker deserves but I also to be called get it. out. I get it. It's just how do you think that this is really going to change his thinking or just continue? He'll probably use this moment on his show to call that guy out. Anyway, let us know yeah. what you think at LGT shows where you can find us on social media. Coming up. We've got what's trending this hour and why screen time can make you feel sick. That's next. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show in 15 minutes, are you getting cyber sickness, screen time sickness? Well, we'll tell you how to deal with it and what's actually happening to you. Plus, Benefer exists. The shot that we were all waiting for that happened over the weekend in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The British diver Tom Daly uh, said he hoped his gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics would be a shining example for the LGBTQ community that you can achieve anything. Daly and his diving partner Maddie Lee swept to victory in the men's synchronized 10-meter platform event. And the British diver cried tears of joy at the podium. This is Daly's fourth Olympics and the first time he has taken a gold medal. He said, I feel incredibly proud to say that I am a gay man and also an Olympic champion. And I feel very empowered by that because when I was younger, I thought I was never going to be anything or achieve anything because of who I was. And to be an Olympic champion now just shows that you can achieve anything. How about that? Congrats to Daly for this big win. And an early yes queen. Now, unvaccinated city workers will be required to wear a mask indoors at their workplaces. Mayor Bill de Blasio vowed to remove workers who don't comply with the new rule and suspend them without pay. The policy goes into effect next Monday, August 2nd. City workers that want to go mask free will need to provide documented proof of receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. He also announced this mandate for all city employees. Here it is. On September 13th, which is the first full day of school, every single city employee will be expected to be either vaccinated or be tested weekly. This means everybody. This means, obviously, everyone who works in our schools, our educators and staff. It means the NYPD, the FDNY. It means all city agencies. It means people who work in offices and people who work on the front line. Everyone. Because September is when the rubber hits the road, and this is when we have to make the difference, and so this mandate will be in place. Now, thousands of LGBTQ supporters marched Saturday in the annual Budapest Pride Parade. Participants expressed their opposition to Prime Minister Viktor Orban's government, who are stigmatizing the community through current policies. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in Entertainment News, Ryan? Oh, my God. Benifer gave us everything we needed this weekend. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Let's just say Jenny from the Block is coming full circle. Uh, J-Lo and Ben Affleck were spotted celebrating the singer's uh, 52nd birthday on a yacht in Saint-Tropez over the weekend. And, of course, they posed, they kissed... And J-Lo actually posted it, which kind of confirmed everything we needed to know, even though it's been confirmed. Um, But in a photo, think about this, this iconic scene from Jenny from the Block 2002, where J-Lo's laying on a boat, Ben's laying on her, basically, with his hand on her butt. And in this moment... Fast forward to 2000, what what year is it, 2021? Yeah. <laughs> Although according to the Olympics, by the way, it still says we're in 2020. Well, it is because it's the 2022. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, but in a photo of their recent getaway, ben, uh, ben is seen with his hand on, you know, Lopez's butt again, where she's like not wearing the same bathing suit, but like this, it's like the same colors. It's like literally the same thing. A source recently told pair, uh, people that the pair are having a beautiful trip in the Mediterranean. They celebrated Jen's birthday at a club last night. She looked gorgeous and was very happy. Um, it's really interesting seeing these two like hot and heavy. You know, Leo's love to be extra and J-Lo's a Leo. Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, on on the other end of this, uh, Alex Rodriguez, because he must have uh, saw that they were on a yacht, he got himself a yacht and he was with a girl as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't see those pictures. Yeah. Eh, now that's a bit too much. You're going to like follow every move. I mean. No, I mean, he's doing oh, his own thing. He's with reporter Melanie Collins. Yeah, They're he's just doing friends. his own thing. Yeah, he's doing his own thing. But, you know, he has to up the ante. He can't. J-Lo can't be out here having all the fun. That's true. Hey, <laughs> he's still young. All right, we got more T-Report coming up next hour. Stick around. Coming up next, how screen time can make you feel sick and why you might be experiencing cyber sickness. That's next. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Are you getting dizzy or nauseous looking at your screen? You might be experiencing cyber sickness. This actually happens to me sometimes. Really? Yeah, where I'll be like, oh, like I'm just feeling like, it's like the feeling of having too much coffee. You don't know because you don't drink coffee. Yeah. It's this feeling of like, I don't know what I'm doing and my brain just starting to go into mush mode. Really? Yeah. Angelica Jasper joins us right now, a human factors engineering researcher and PhD student in human computer interaction at Iowa State University. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So, yeah, how would you describe cyber sickness? Yeah, so cyber sickness is a cluster of symptoms very similar to motion sickness, Mm. uh, but that occurs in the absence of physical motion. And so this really falls into like three primary symptom categories of nausea, oculomotor strain, which is like eye strain, uh, and general disorientation. So that's that's kind of what cyber sickness is. It's motion sickness, but without moving. Wait, so how long do you have to be on like, I'm messing with technology for that to happen. Like how much, how much do you have to be looking at your screen for something like that to happen? Yeah. So that's actually quite a loaded question. So it really depends. It depends on the type of technology you're using. So if you're using like computers, phones versus like a virtual reality or augmented reality headset. And also it depends on um, the software programming that's going into it as well as you as an individual. So there are some people who will get cyber sick within, you know, five minutes of exposure into something and some people who never experience it at all. So it really kind of depends um, on what you're doing, who you are and uh, what device you're using. Are we seeing this happen more now? Because I feel like I used to be on my phone and didn't I don't know. I'm just I feel like I'm more sensitive to it these days for some reason. Yeah, you probably are experiencing it way more now than you were before. Um, part of this has to do with some like modern design choices that are happening. Like if you're thinking about your computer um, or on your phone, there's something called parallax scrolling, where um, part of the image is going to be static or not moving, and while the other is uh, part of the screen is moving. That makes people really triggered sometimes. Or if you have an iPhone, like on their lock screen, you move the screen around and the image moves a little bit, mm-hmm. that can really trigger people. So a lot of these modern design choices can be very um, triggering in just these conventional uh, everyday screen use. So what are you supposed to do? Like just stop using your cell phone? Well, I don't think um, I can endorse that because I certainly couldn't follow up with that. Um, but what you can do is definitely take breaks if you're starting to feel anything um, uncomfortable. Sometimes taking breaks before you're even going to feel uncomfortable. Um, also, like if you're on your computer a ton, wearing blue light glasses, trying to zoom in a little bit on your screen um, so your eyes aren't quite as strained, that's going to be your best bet um, for regular screen time. And then if you're playing like a VR game or an AR game, you want to, again, take breaks if you're feeling uncomfortable, use open spaces. Um, I'd say right now my biggest recommendation is to really try to know yourself and know if you're going to be prone to these types of symptoms from your past experiences and try to get ahead of that by just taking breaks when you need to, um, using these glasses, uh, and just giving your eyes and your head a break from it. I know. I'm trying to figure out how do we deal with this, knowing that this is just what our workplace is like now. And like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and if that's the expectation, if you physically and mentally can't handle that, what do you do? Yeah, it's, it's really this ongoing issue. I mean, like I said, you, you have to just try to know yourself as best you can and have faith that, you know, researchers and designers, this is an issue that they're working on every single day. So we're constantly trying to figure out how are we going to make this easier on our everyday users? How do we make things more accessible and just easier to endure over time? So it's kind of a work in progress type thing right now, unfortunately. But hopefully, you know, as time goes on, everything is going to get a little bit easier for us. Um, We're going to know ourselves a little bit better in terms of how we're going to react and just the general design principles that are going into, you know, applications and websites and things like that are going to become easier on us physically. Okay. Well, that was Angelica Jasper, a human factors factors engineering researcher and PhD student in human computer interaction at Iowa State University. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Next up, what the media can do to change how the world perceives trans athletes, specifically during the Olympics. That's next. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's a record year at the Olympics for trans athletes with New Zealand weightlifter Laurel Hubbard, Canadian soccer player Quinn, and BMX freestyle rider Chelsea Wolfe. And the media has more power than ever before to shift public perception of trans athletes. Here to share more is someone who wrote about this, Ryan Rumler, reporter at the 19th. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Ryan and Shira. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for writing this. Why is the media so crucial here? And how can it shift how the public views trans athletes specifically on this grand scale at the Olympics? So I spoke with a few uh, high-profile trans athletes for this story, and our conversation was about um, like the way that transgender athletes are perceived largely depends on how news outlets portray them. And that's so important this year as we have these record number of trans athletes, although this is, you know, LGBTQ athletes, trans athletes breaking barriers, and that's a positive thing, that positive thing can become, you know, problematic if a news outlet is not prepared to uh, use the correct pronouns, to use the correct names for trans people, to do research ahead of time, and also to expand stories to talk about more of the unique victories and challenges that trans athletes face. And that, you know, you not just reducing LGBTQ athletes to their gender identity or sexual orientation. Yeah, are we seeing reporters actually uh, take the time to educate themselves and be become like become re- better reporters when it comes to, you know, making sure they cover the correct pronouns, important things like that? Yeah, so Laisha Clarendon, the WNBA's first openly non-binary and transgender player, uh, and they use uh, she, her, they, them, and he, him pronouns interchangeably. And they told me that coverage of them has actually been phenomenal, as she put it. Um, And she said the reason that it's been phenomenal is because reporters uh, will make the effort to use all of his pronouns, and they are willing to make and learn from mistakes. And I thought that was the... The key there is to make, you know, to be productive when a mistake does happen and to take that, you know, in stride to address it and then learn from it and then move on going forward. And what about organizations like GLAAD? I know they've been instrumental in terms of helping the media be better. Definitely. So GLAAD has a guide out uh, this year for journalists covering LGBTQ athletes at the Tokyo Games. And this is GLAD's first uh, guide like this since the 2014 Games in Russia, which is uh, what a GLAD spokesperson told me. And so this guide, you know, it, you know, urges outlets to avoid asking questions about a trans athlete's genitalia or possible transition-related surgeries, to use those correct pronouns and names, including in historical references. And I think something that's key to their guide as well is that it also, you know, points to the the history, you know, the longer fraught history between LGBTQ athletes and the media, which is that the first known gay Olympic athlete, John Curry, was outed by the press soon after winning gold at the 1976 Games. So I think that just speaks to this longer history of the press can literally, 
you know, intentionally or not, have this huge impact in an, in an LGBT athlete's life. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of thinking outside of just reporters, and because this is the most queer Olympics that we've seen, how are we seeing other LGBTQ um, members kind of show up for like trans competitors at this time? How different LGBTQ athletes at the Olympics are showing up for trans athletes? Yeah, like especially because you know knowing that there's like LGBT, you know. Q people there that they're breaking barriers that's amazing but like you know there's still so much conversation around trans competitors and I wonder if there's people kind of speaking out to you know stand in uh, in I don't know being great allies to people inside of our community from what I've seen from um, a lot of the Olympic athletes are honestly on TikTok um, and from what I've seen uh, plenty of the LGBTQ Olympians this year are aware of are very aware of trans athletes and seem to be sharing pronouns and taking those kind of proactive steps to to demonstrate that that you're not knowledgeable of trans people. And the reason why sharing pronouns is one of those signals that says like I am trying to make my space friendly to trans people is that by sharing your pronouns and your cisgender, you're saying like I'm trying to make this more normal for everybody to do it so that if you're sharing your pronouns, you're not automatically assumed to be a trans person. And that's why sharing your pronouns is like one small thing that I've noticed some um, LGBTQ athletes doing more and more that I think is beneficial. And what do you think the media is going to take away from everything that is being learned at the Olympics moving forward? I think the biggest takeaway that the media will have is just the sheer record level of participation, I think will make LGBTQ, like will make getting coverage on LGBTQ athletes right just a completely unavoidable part of the Olympics. And I mean, that's my hope, but I just feel like having so many LGBTQ Olympians just proves that this needs to be a core part of any outlet's coverage. Like it's not a blip in the road. Like this is something that will likely just become more standard. Definitely. Well, thank you for your coverage of this and for being here. That was Orion Rumler, a reporter at the 19th. Have a great rest of your day. Hope to have you back. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you, Ryan. Have a great day. Next up, the app paying you to live stream crime scenes. More on that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Would you want to make $200 a day in New York City rushing to the scene of a murder or a traffic accident? All you have to do is whip out your phone and start filming. How about that for a new gig? You don't like it? No, I don't like it. Well. It's not even enough money. What is that going to do in New York City? Maybe you live outside New York City. (laughs) Yeah. It's not paying anyone's rent in 2021. I mean, it's interesting for someone who maybe likes a little bit of danger in their lives to witness that. I feel like you're either that person, you like to like go after the news or be around that type of stuff, or you're not. Well, Citizen, the Neighborhood Watch app, they're actually quietly hiring New Yorkers to live stream crime scenes and other public emergencies. Um, in order to encourage regular folks to do the same thing. And this is according to the New York Post. Now, we've been hearing a lot from the Citizen app, like them doing interesting things. Like they're wanting to be part news organization, part citizen neighborhood watch, part like I don't even know what they're trying to do here, but it's getting weird. You know why I don't like this? What? Because this is going to give Karens and Brads everywhere the ammunition that they need to continue to harass marginalized communities. Do we not? I feel like that's like a plain thing that we see. It's not like people who are chasing danger. It's people who don't know how to mind their business. You know, that's true. I could see some of that happening too. And I see most of that happen. I see that's the only reason this would be used. And There's it, often times yeah. that with Citizen App, it's been called out because people have been profiling folks in their neighborhoods that they don't feel like deserve to be there. And so, yeah, there's good things about Citizen App where it tells you what things are happening. Mm-hmm. But then also paying people to do this. How how do you not see that that's going to you know cause more harassment and cause more issues for folks that probably aren't white? 
I could see that. I mean, these these are things that would typically be covered by a local news station, perhaps, or the local news. But f- because the local news, the money's not there anymore, I think they're taking it upon themselves to be like, we're going to disrupt the model and do this this ourselves. I think people are still watching the local news. I actually just had a conversation with someone who was shocked that I didn't watch local news. And so I, I don't know if that's the case. I think Citizen App is trying to tread into territory that they have no business treading into. I think it's one thing for letting people know about the neighborhoods are the things that are going around where to keep people safe. It's another thing to start saying we're going to pay people, especially in New York City, to to like pull out their phones and be some sort of police. That's that's, that's also what's worrisome. Like we're becoming this community that rather witness and watch things than do something about it. And I think that is dangerous because then you have people whose lives are being um you know impacted or they're being hurt possibly murdered and we have people not stepping in to stop that but just shooting videos of it which is important by the way as we've seen but like that i i'm worried about becoming more of that and us becoming so numb to it because we're doing it for our quote-unquote work citizen journalism versus saying like can we actually save a life here right well let us know if you would be down for a job like this at lgt shows where you can find us on social media but next up we've got updates from britney spears new lawyer that's next on what's trending this hour Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show today, how to deal with our obsession with busyness. That's in 30 minutes. Plus, why the menu at Kanye West's listening party went viral in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Just now, Britney Spears attorney Matthew Rosengart thanked Britney and her fans outside of the courthouse. Less than two weeks ago, we pledged that after 13 years of the status quo, my firm and I would move aggressively and expeditiously to file a petition to suspend and remove James P. Spears. It is now a matter of public record, and I announced to Judge Penny this afternoon that we have done so in less than two weeks. We look forward to litigating the matter in court. Thank you very much. Okay, there you go. Hopefully it's moving forward and it's all happening. What did you think about those Britney Spears Instagram posts this weekend? Oh, God. Lock Britney back up. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Maybe don't free Britney. No, I think... You know, Brittany is in her, filling her wild oats, and um, she I, clearly she has control of her Instagram it again. It seems like that. <laughs> the post, by the way, that we're referencing is she was topless, holding her chest, and she had little stars where her nipples were. I thought it was a beautiful, liberating post. Didn't you post that last week? I actually was thinking about Tell redoing that. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I might, I was going to redo that post and be like, free Brittany. <laughs> You've already, no one, no, no, it's to. a bad idea. No, but I, I'm happy. She looks <laughs> like she's happy. She looks like she's having a great time. And that's all that kind of really exactly. matters. Yeah. Post what you want to post, girl. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not you. No, I'm talking specifically limits. to Brittany. <laughs> okay. If your name is Brittany Spears, post whatever you want. Now, the White House has decided to maintain existing coronavirus travel restrictions amid surging cases triggered by the Delta variant. The Biden administration has been under growing pressure from the travel industry and U.S. allies to lift pandemic era restrictions limiting who can travel to the U.S. Uh, Secretary, Press Secretary Jen Psaki also pointed to the CDC's recent advisory against traveling to the U.K. due to a surge of cases there. And also, President Joe Biden agreed today to formally conclude the U.S. combat mission in Iraq by the end of the year. It's another step towards winding down the two prolonged military engagements that began in the years following the September 11th terror attacks. Biden told reporters in the Oval Office alongside Iraqi Prime Minister Mustafa al-Kadimi that the U.S. mission in Iraq will shift. He said, I think things are going well. Our role in Iraq will be to be available to continue to train, to assist, help and deal with ISIS as it arrives. But we're not going to be, by the end of the year, in a combat mission. 
And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so if you didn't know, Kanye West had an album. Well, is it an album release party? Maybe an album listening party at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where he's also living in in Atlanta. It's time for your tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Yeah, he got thousands of fans to join him at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta for an album release party, everyone thought it was, but the album's still not out. Um, But the... Besides all of the, everyone listening and hearing the album and, and the news coming out that he's now living in the stadium, other news uh, came out where a photo of the basically, you know, like concessions, of food, yeah. all that stuff. Well, people took a photo of the menu. And let's just say everything was very expensive. Um, $40 for a, ha- uh, a hot dog, $45 for cookies and brownies. $35 for some sweet and salty kettle corn, $50 for chicken tenders, and an assorted snack basket for $65. What? So he invites is you to the party and then he makes you pay for all the food? Well, he made people to also buy tickets to go to this thing. Oh, so this he was, gave um, away tickets, but he yeah. also bought tickets. My thing is, I mean, I don't know if it was the stadium that kind of like did those prices that way. Like, because my thing is, if he had nothing to do with that, then that could have been just the stadium being like, we're about to make all of our money <laughs> yeah. that we lost in the pandemic on these chicken oh, tenders. Gee. It's a little weird. Um, are we paying for kids who are hungry as well? What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I, and so it's kind of like, you don't know if you want to blame him or not. I mean, I didn't really watch or listen to anything because it's Kanye and I'm conflicted still with him. Um, but yeah, it's it's insane that all of this, like one user said, Kanye sure knows how to make you feel poor. <laughs> Another person said, LOL, it makes sense why I donated them, uh, why he donated them tickets now. He knew he was going to make that money right back. But um, yeah, let us know what you think at um, LGT Show Everywhere. I got more tea report next hour. Uh, talk about inflation. Yeah, for sure. Next up, how to deal with anxiety that's increasing over COVID-19 getting bad again. We are here to help you next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You might be feeling a sense of unease or anxiety right now. Well, life can be hard, but also because of this new COVID variant we're hearing all this stuff about. Ryan, have you had friends that have gotten the COVID variant at all? No, I haven't. I've been seeing so many people, like texts of people telling Mm. me that they got it more than ever. My friends are responsible. I know. Well, a lot of guys. It's only actually guys. Some men I know. Obviously not responsible. Anyway, (laughs) Shiva Rajai is with us right now, psychotherapist and the director of the Center for Anxiety and OCD in Irvine, California. As we dive in, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Sharon Ryan. Great to be here. Yes. So let's talk about this. Are you seeing more anxiety because of this new variant that's popping up? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely am. You know, we're, we've been seeing sort of um, lots of peaks and waves of anxiety with reentry being anxiety producing. And now we have this Delta variant. And so I think there's been a lot of starts false starts and stops in this process and people are very understandably you know anxious about this variant too yeah it's really interesting in the HuffPost article that we found you in you you said that you have to stop yourself before you start catastrophizing what does that mean yes so one of the things that anxiety makes us do is that we play out the worst case scenario and we tend to kind of our our thinking kind of chain like spirals into the worst case scenario So a lot of times people, especially right now, could be thinking, you know, here's another variant. That means we're going to lead to another lockdown. That means we're going to have job loss again. We're going to end up exactly as we did a year ago. And so, um, you know, that is something that a lot of people with anxiety could be thinking right now. And we have to kind of recognize, look, that's our that's our brain's way of jumping to the worst case scenario to try to protect us. But the reality is, is we have no idea what's going to happen in the future. And just because we have, you know, a new variant right now, it doesn't necessarily mean things are going to be like they were a year ago. I think I catastrophize like every day of my life. (laughs) Yeah, lots of us do. It's actually, it's a pretty natural thing to do, but it's really helpful when we can kind of catch it and say Mm -hmm. to ourselves, hey, you know, that's my brain just kind of doing its thing, but that's not necessarily fact, right? 
Oh, there you go. There's sometimes questions around that. <laughs> yeah, what are you supposed to do if you, you know, obviously besides uh, what you just said, what are you supposed to do to get yourself back in a place of getting yourself, you know, under, and I hate to say under control, but like living your life without this right. anxiety. Right. You I mean, I think one of the hardest things is the unknown, right? It's like anxiety is really triggered by the unknown. It's really exasperated by the unknown. And we've been living in that for, you know, I mean, we're, gosh, we're closing on, you know, year and a half now, two years soon. So I think it's kind of understanding, like, we don't have a lot of answers. No one really has answers. And that that's really going to be making everybody quite anxious. And one of the things we do when we are anxious and we are facing the unknown is we try to make up, you know, stories or find answers. But it's problematic because we don't have answers right now, right? There's some protocol that's in place. You know, it's smart to get your vaccine. It's a great idea to be safe and to follow the mandates of your county. But we got to fundamentally be okay with saying, look, I'm doing the best I can right now, and I have no idea what the future is going to hold. I'm going to take it one day at a time. Yeah, I think that's that's important, right? Um Especially when you're trying to stay up on the news and everything that's happening. Like, how do you balance that? Because it's like you want to be responsible and know what's happening in the world. But then the, the balance of it is just like, oh, my God, it's now becoming a little bit too much. Totally. You know, it's a really good point and it's a really valid concern, right? Because we, we all want to be informed. And, and at the same time, there's definitely something called information overload. And, you know, we're, we're not really uh, able to take in all that information, especially when it tends to be pretty, you know, pretty, pretty dark. It can be really difficult. To, and unfortunately, the news doesn't oftentimes say a lot of great things. So one of the things that I recommend for clients and for my loved ones is having boundaries around information consumption. Mm. So one of the things I might say is, you know, make sure you're finding reputable news sources, the CDC website, right? A couple of news sources that you are really, you're feeling comfortable with, and you maybe put a little bit of a a boundary for yourself. So you say, I'm going to check the news um, every other day, or I'm going to check the news, you know, twice a week or whatever it may be. And you try and refrain from that kind of doomsday scrolling, right? That kind of comes when we just look at article after article after article and, um, and keep going down that wormhole. Yeah, is it also the idea that we thought, oh, when this main part of it is over, things will be back to normal. And then I think that, yeah, it doesn't seem to be happening, this idea of normal. That's part of also the control and our anxiety around it. Like, we have to reframe how we look at our lives in general. Totally, totally. Yeah, one of the things I had been uh, speaking to Brittany Wong about, who did the HuffPost article, um, was just sort of like redefining what it means to be, uh, I said done, you know, with the pandemic, but also that's a great way to say it here. I was like, what does it mean to go back to normal? And maybe to think about these kind of ebbs and flows in like protocol and mandates as a version of a new normal, you know, at least for now, Um, because we don't know how long this is going to go on and we don't know what this is going to do and transform in terms of public health. And in terms mm-hmm. of the way in which, um, you know, these kinds of things are, are become, become sort of law moving forward. And so it is helpful to manage our expectations around what does it actually mean to be normal? Maybe it won't look exactly as it did before, but can we kind of stay open-minded to the, to the truth that things are getting better, although they're not, you know, they're not where they were? Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Well, a lot to take in here. So we appreciate you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that was Shiva Rajai, a psychotherapist and the director of the Center for Anxiety and OCD in Irvine, California. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Issa Rae married her fiancé, Louis Diam. I actually do not know how to pre- pronounce that, but he's at, he actually hasn't been in the spotlight. She's been keeping this relationship under wraps. She's a very private person. But we suddenly discovered she got married in a private ceremony in the south of France this weekend. They confirmed the news today by sharing several beautiful pictures from their wedding day in a very funny Instagram post. This is what she posted. Impromptu photo shoot in a custom Vera Wang dress. My girls came to help me, but they all coincidentally had on the same dress. They were so embarrassed. Then I took a few flicks with somebody's husband. So what do you think about this big news? And also, uh, public figures, celebrities, keeping this side of their lives uh, under wraps. Um, uh, well, I don't think Issa Rae owes us anything. And I think so many people 
um, think they have, uh, you know, access or they own autonomy, like her autonomy, and it's just like, that's just not it. Um, I think, to be honest, if I was to get any in, in a relationship anytime soon, y'all wouldn't even know. Really? No, I seriously. find that hard to believe. Really? Well, no, us, we per- we would know. Yeah, but I'm talking about the people online. I'm I'm I could I could see that. However, I feel I would not talk about it. I feel at the same time when you're feeling something or someone and your job like she's an actress, so all her stuff is scripted. A lot of your work is sharing who you are and what you're going through in your life. I I find it hard to believe you'd be able to like be that private, but that consistently. Someone's in your life for a year, a few years, for it not to come up. I mean, you do talk about random Dates you've been on. That's one night stands. I know. So I don't, but I'm not, I don't, I don't share everything on this show. I share just the amount that I want to share. And I think that's the perfect way of having it. If you are in this position where we are, you don't want to give everybody your life. I can't. There's a time. Because then I don't, I don't want people to own me in that way. But you on the other end. I don't. All right. So for me, I don't look at someone owning me. I look at it. And this is just me personally as um, an exercise in in vulnerability. That said, I do think as I've gotten older and been in different types of environments and tested those waters, I've realized what works for me in that way and what doesn't. In some moments, yeah, I'm like, this feels right, this feels safe, and sometimes it doesn't, and then I pull back. And that could be, you know, those moments might not be expected, right? Some moments I'll be like, you know what, I'll that I said that and it wasn't planned but it was like that felt right right it felt okay in that moment and other times it just like if I think about it or I'm plan it it might not seem like the right thing to do yeah I don't know I think Issa, Issa Rae did it right in, in the sense of like she kept her personal and professional life completely in two different areas her man wasn't trying to be in the spotlight anyway and that also plays a lot into it as well like if they probably talked about it, they keep everything private. I really appreciate that. He's a, according to now reports, now that everyone's trying to figure out who he is, right? According to his private LinkedIn page, he's a, a mogul, an independent banking professional in LA. And other outlets like Marie Claire and Martha Stewart Weddings have identified him as a Senegalese businessman. Okay. So good for her. They're both very successful. Talk about a power couple. Well, let us know. Do you think that folks should be, including celebrities, should be open about who they're dating in their private life? Or should they be keeping it to themselves? At LGT Show is where you can DM us on social social media. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And congrats again to Britain's Tom Daly, who got his gold medal in diving today at the Tokyo Olympics and delivered a very inspiring message to the LGBTQ community and his gay fans. He said, I hope that any young LGBT person out there can see that no matter how alone you feel right now, you are not alone and that you can achieve anything. And there's a whole lot of your chosen family out there ready to support you. Beautiful. He paired with Maddie Lee to capture the men's synchronized 10-meter platform. And uh, he also, by the way, is married to Oscar-winning screenwriter Dustin Lance Black. They have a son. And Daly came out in 2013 after doubting himself in his youth. So we want to give a big Yaz Queen to him. Is there someone else with his name? Like a more famous person? (laughs) It sounds like a very familiar name. Like Tim Daly? Tom Tom Daly. I don't know. Well, have you been watching the Olympics, Ryan? I actually did over the weekend. There's something about those swimmer bodies that just do it for me. I mean, they look good. Uh, Swimmer bodies are the best. By the way, shout out to women skateboarding. They had like a 13-year-old that won. Was it a 13 or a 16-year-old? That was wild to watch. Really? I actually loved, I was like, I love the skateboarding. Although watching them fall, a lot of them were trying to do it and just like, yeah, they got it. Well, that was hard to watch. It's a part of the sport. It is. <laughs> and then hopefully you get back. Imagine up. she has kids playing sports. She's going to be like, oh no, that, that, that stuff was so mean. 
Well, that does it for our Yes Queen of the Day and our show today. Yes Queen. But guess what? We're back tomorrow because we're here for you weekdays on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, live on tomorrow's show. We're going to talk about the importance of LGBTQ-owned cafes as sober queer spaces. Plus, what is the HIPAA privacy rule Exactly, because it keeps getting thrown around there, but some people don't even know what it means. That's on tomorrow's show. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. So catch up on our show as a podcast. Go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. Annie, remember to slay. Yes. Stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.